Hello and uh, welcome to the 30-Minute CMO Podcast. My name is Borsha Kucho and I'm joined by my good friend and partner, Alex McNamara. Good morning this time, Good Alex. morning. Yeah, good morning. How are exciting one. It, it, exciting one indeed. Um, we don't usually do these in the morning, so our conversation juice right now is entirely consisting of a brown bean water. Yep. Brown bean water. I would imagine. The best. Sometimes, sometimes well, uh, old, leaf, old leaf water. Old leaf water. Um, <laughs> listen, t- today's our 40th episode. Imagine. I know. Um, and it's absolutely fascinating to think back to when this podcast started at the beginning of the COVID pandemic in 2020. Uh, back then, my desire to start this podcast came from all the uncertainty that I knew we all faced and general sense of loss as our world as we knew it uh, was ceasing to exist. But also in those days when the streets of, you know, the global capitals remained nearly empty, I also reflected back to another global crisis that I witnessed firsthand, and I'm sure you witnessed as well, the financial crisis of 2008. Just as now, the world order as we knew it was crumbling. Um, Venerable institutions and industries, they were all uh, failing, and millions of people were facing unemployment and potentially financial ruin. Yet... A decade since, we can look back at that time and see that it gave birth to incredible innovation. People, you know, they're a resilient species and they quickly dusted themselves off and leaned forward, gave birth to ideas and brought them to life through their ingenuity and grit. And giants like Uber, Airbnb, and even the uh, payment platform, Square, were all conceived in those dark and uncertain days of 2008. But today they occupy some of the top positions in our minds when we think of what successful brands look like. And this is when I started feeling a lot more optimistic. I knew that there were people right now all over the world who were taking their dreams, their ideas, and starting to turn them into realities. I wanted as much as possible to capture this moment through interviews with people who were not yet running world-famous brands, but who were seeing opportunity in front of them and choosing to pursue it. And being a marketer, I wanted to specifically focus uh, these conversations on how they were building their brands, what marketing techniques they were using, and what they saw as as opportunities that they could uniquely exploit. And so we talked to Rafi Dikrani, who was spinning up a marketplace connecting roasters to coffee lovers in Dubai, and Cy Gibbons, if you remember, who started her own customer service consultancy to help startups running Zendesk to better manage customer care operations. We interviewed Steve Weiss, the founder and CEO of an agency that provided marketing services to -to direct-to-consumer brands, and even chatted with your friend, Colin Landforce, about launching and scaling a weed brand. And so I'm incredibly thrilled that this episode is dedicated to another incredible story of entrepreneurship. Our guest today started his career in big management and infrastructure consulting firms in Moscow and Russia, and while working with top companies and governments on multi-billion dollar contracts, he quietly cultivated his passion for cooking, for good, fresh, delicious ingredients, and for the craft of making incredibly high-quality dairy and meat products. He dreamt about having a go at it uh, one day, not as a hobby, but as an entrepreneur, and at some point around 2016, he decided to realize his dream. He moved along with his young family a thousand miles east to a small city in the Ural Mountains, which is um, officially where the Europe and Asia meet, to turn uh, this dream into reality. So five years later, Denis Nazarov runs a company that encompasses a dairy producing, uh, a dairy production uh, that uh, produces some of the Russia's top gourmet cheeses, as well as meat processing operations, a farm, and more things. His cheeses are sold in top gourmet stores and are served in five-star hotels across uh, the country and have received top awards in national competitions. 
So Dennis, welcome to our little show. And this is the one time where both Alex and I could truthfully say that we wish we weren't doing this interview over video so that we can actually taste all these delicious things. Uh, well, hello. Uh, thank you for the introduction. I, probably I was uh, uh, the, the best summary I have ever given, <laughs> really. And, uh, and uh, uh, well, uh, the, the good thing would be to do this interview live because uh, you, 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 could, you could be tasting the cheese. But it's seeing it is, is not as great as, as tasting it, really. I, I don't know. I'd, I'd rather see it than have nothing at all. I think at least I can imagine what it would, what right. it would be like. <laughs> Alex, you're a cheese fan. You're a, you're, you're, a, you're a fan of cooking as well, so I'm a big right, fan. I, I, I'm a big fan of all of this. So this is this is a great one, great one for me. I'm a big fan of cheese. Uh, I think my dad was the one who really cultivated my cheese addiction. There, um, he's a big fan of cheese, and his father before him. So we're a fan of cheese cheese lovers. My dad. I remember one one story is we um, we were coming back from France and we'd had this this cheese it was a triple cream uh cheese and we bought uh one in the in the airport going home and we said that'll last us for at least a week and we got home from the you know got home had dinner we said we'll have a little slither of the cheese and within 15 or 20 minutes the whole thing had been demolished and we were just sat there in a guilt and shame uh stupor but it was absolutely worth it because good lord it was delicious Oh, there is no, there, there is no shame in eating up all the good cheese, and uh, and uh, well, as far as sound is concerned, later, well, maybe when we finish up, I can grate some, and uh, maybe you can hear the cheese. Oh, so, uh, our first ASMR episode. It'll be great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, um. Right. Yeah. So, uh, Dennis. Gorsha touched on it, but can you describe your business in your own words? Um, what is it called? What do you make? Who buys your products? Give us a give us a little taste of that. Well, uh, you, you know what? I would. Uh, I wanted to start actually uh, not with the description of the of what we are today, but uh, about the pandemic the last last year. Because yeah. we did start in 2016, we made we made the first cheese. That's now uh, we're celebrating this now as the uh, birthday of the cheese making shop. The 10th of March, we made the first cheese in 2017. And but as 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 Gosha was speaking about uh, you know world crushing around you, uh, that's what happened to us uh, last year because uh, we lost 70 percent of our revenue in uh, April. Wow. Well, like in May, uh, we lost 17 in, 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 uh, in April, we lost like 40, 50% because uh, that's how many clients we had in the uh, uh, hotels, restaurants and uh, in that sector. And also uh, a lot of shops closed because they were in, they were in big uh, shopping malls and those were closed too. So uh, the, the, uh, the food stores, they were open, as you know, in Russia. And uh, we were optimistic at first, but then we found out some of them were in the in these locations, and they closed down too. Also, a lot of a lot of them, uh, uh, a lot of our clients, they uh, their revenues went down too. A lot of people were too too scared to go shopping; they went online. It's really tragic because uh, right now um, uh, we have a lot of problems. Uh, well, you know, we ha we still haven't solved. I mean, financial ones because of the last year. Uh, well, 
good thing we uh, our own uh, store here uh, and a bistro too. It's a combination of both. It wasn't closed because because we were we were registered as a food store, so we were serving uh, dishes uh, outside. We could do that. We did. They didn't close our kitchen. Well, a lot of you know, it was. Uh, it's just uh, amazing now how we went through this actually because uh, I don't remember. I, I cannot quite quite count how many times I thought, oh shit, it's over, it, we're done. <laughs> uh, but then, you know, <laughs> um, so uh, what, w yeah, we're, we, we pulled through. So now we're uh, selling cheese in uh, 14 regions, well, 14 cities and, mm -hmm. and yes, well, 10 regions. Uh, uh, that's cheese. Uh, and uh, we, also launched our um, preserves production. It's called Restaurant in a Can. So we're, we're making canned restaurant quality food, like uh, wow. soups, um, side dishes, uh, main dish, main course, everything. And it's made, it's, the recipes are made by, uh, well, famous and uh, well, well-rated chefs here. And it's like signature dishes. So, so the trick is to put this in a can. So it's when you heat it up at home or, or in the forest, for that matter, you don't need a fridge. It's posterized. So uh, the, trick, the, the trick is to uh, uh, you know, design a process so the taste will stay the same. So far, we're, we're doing good. Uh, uh, and uh, the third thing we just launched, uh, Sonia, my wife, she's now our... Uh, uh, our production um, master too. <laughs> uh, she makes cheese truffles. It's uh, chocolate chocolate truffles with cheese wow. inside. So what's what, what's um, what's the name of the business? Uh, what's the brand? The name of the business is uh, uh, the name of the company is Revolution, of course, a revolution of taste, uh, and the name of the cheese shop where where. where <coughs> Uh, we're marketing brands, not the company, uh, as it is. Mm -hmm. So the cheese shop is Izvisnaya Saravarnia. Well, it's in Russia. It's in Russian. It's um, it, 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 there is a play of words. It's it's both limestone means limestone and famous Izvisnaya and Izvesnaya. <laughs> it's just depending on the on where you put the uh, the stress. You're, you're uh, located next to a li to a limestone uh, mountain. Yeah, Korea, that's right? that's the so, name of the mountain. We we yeah, with the name of the mountain underneath the uh, this mountain, there are our uh, uh, aging aging cameras. Mm -hmm. That's very cool. Yeah, that's yeah. Very uh, cool. Uh, uh, the restaurant in a can. Uh, I wish I I wish I could show you. Uh, we are, we, we, uh, these cans, they are all, um, marked in alphabet. There's just one letter, white can, one red letter. And, mm -hmm. and, and then there is small print and you can, uh, read the name of the dish. So that way we can in future keep the letter, but change the dish. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it's and it's and it and it's very different from everything you put on the shelf, because a lot of uh, there's there's a there is a great tradition of canned uh, <clears throat> meat, uh, porridges, everything like that in Russia, and 
there are hundreds of brands and they're all banking gold letters, black cans, green cows, whatever. Well, you know, <laughs> you, you have an idea there. It's already there. Yeah. And we just put and we're just putting a white, totally white can with one red letter. And that's it. It's a really interesting branding play there because you've taken it so far back from the visual descriptions of what it is. Like you look at a lot of cans now, it's a picture of what's inside the can on the can. Yeah. Uh, and I quite like how you've gone with just a very like pure branding typography uh, there. Ex exactly. We, we tried, we tried, uh, we tried um, um, glass cans, but they're... Uh, not very good at you know moving the product etc. Especially for a small producer, and also it makes you look homemade, which is good for certain audiences. But uh, in Russia, homemade is like, uh, why do I need to buy this? My granny makes it. So uh, and then mm -hmm. uh, and then we tried experimenting with printing what's inside on the can, and then we thought, thought uh, we won't we won't be doing you know very good printing there are guys making millions of cans who can afford you know exceptional quality prints on the cans we we, we can do a you know a paper label so we 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 threw, threw everything out and just left one letter i think uh we we want to dive more into this because we want to talk about who you're like who's the target consumer like who it is that you're trying to kind of appeal to because i know it's uh the products are super high quality, you know, for more refined tastes. And we'll talk about that in a bit. And, but, they're, and they're expensive um, too. I mean, I mean, they're, no, well, not very expensive, but they're, but they're a, a mid premium. and above premium. Uh, price range. Premium, yeah, yeah premium exactly. Yeah. Uh, but before we get that, just to sort of get a little bit, um, just to give our audience a little bit of understanding of, of your journey and how you got, you know, how you got to this point where you're making all of these products and deciding how to brand them. Just take us back to the time before you decided to quit your life in Moscow and move to pursue this this project, this dream. What was going through your head? Like, why was that the right time? Did you feel even prepared to take on this challenge? Just give us a little bit like of a synopsis all right. of, uh, uh, of, of all of that. Okay, okay. Uh, well, um, the, the thing is, I was, um, I was disappointed uh, with uh, my life a bit. Well, at that moment, just a bit. Uh, I was doing a very good job uh, 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 in my, with my career, I was probably one of the you know, now 50 persons who are doing uh, uh, infrastructure and public-private partnerships pro projects on this uh, level in the country. And yeah, we were, well, you probably, if you've ever come to Moscow, you once in a while you will land on the airstrip on the third airstrip in Sheremetyevo or go 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 home or you know uh by by a toll road uh which i i i took part in and uh you know there are schools uh hospitals uh, well, etc i and i was happy with what i was doing but then um uh, I kind of found out that I was not happy with the big salary or bonuses or and everything of because um, I understood that I'm spending ninety percent of my life and energy, and uh, and most of the um, profits from this are received by other people, and also I was I was terribly tired of the, the government officials. 
I know I don't mean they're all bad I mean uh, there they were there were great people I met they were uh, very smart intelligent and uh, well-meaning but that's uh, you know um, but when they gather in a group of more than three that's the dumbest fucking crowd you can ever meet they are just <laughs> incapable of uh, because they're afraid of each other and, and well you know you know probably there I I've been to the States to Europe and we've uh, talked with my colleagues there who were doing I was working for international companies for a while doing infrastructure too and it's the same everywhere it's yeah. it's uh it's, yeah I'm, I'm chuckling because I feel I feel like that's also sometimes what you experience in the corporate world where you have people controlling the different parts and they're very protective and you get them in the room and everyone just becomes very defensive and no one wants to cooperate Exactly. Well, well, big, well, like big corporations, they are essentially uh, money-wise the size of the countries right now. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. So they they do act the same way, <laughs> and they and if they are officials, <laughs> do the same thing as the government officials. So uh, so and I, and I and I and I didn't know what to do because uh, I was I was changing for for bad. So, you know. I was not seeing my family uh, enough. Uh, I was traveling t a lot. Uh, well, that's the good thing now because I know the country. I know where uh, I know places from Vladivostok to Kaliningrad, and that helped me a lot now. So, um, and then my friends, they gave me a, a still, a little still, mm -hmm. you know, to make. Uh, I was experimenting with wine, so they said, well, why don't you go further? And they gave me a still for a birthday. So I started making uh, uh, moonshine. Well, um, mm -hmm. uh, good quality one. Of, I mean, grain, grain, um, some, some, great, great grain distillates, uh, triple, four times distilled, um, adding, adding stuff to that. And I was, and it was very, I, I, I had, I just good, get great results. At one point, I was even selling some of that stuff in uh, bars in St. Petersburg. They were buying them from me. And I was, uh, then I bought a, a hundred liter, uh, uh, big um, copper steel, yes, from Portugal. I was, <laughs> uh, I put it in the, I set it up in the village. And then I found out like, oh shit, uh, everyone is relaxing and I'm spending my weekends and sometimes part of the uh, Monday or Friday, uh, you know, making alcohol. Uh, I'm working. Uh, and then I said, well, <laughs> wait, maybe I should try something something else you know some other products of fermentation because the the process uh of uh, fermentation it fascinates me how these tiny little things the microorganisms they uh they make they they they, they define what we taste mm -hmm. uh and many other things too i tried to make some cheese i tried to make some uh, fermented meat like brizola and and for some reason maybe or maybe just because i was I was quite good at cooking for most of my life. Uh, it, it, all, it all went good. I, 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 it was tasty. So I thought, well, maybe I have another talent. Besides, you know, doing finance and infrastructure, maybe I have some, something else that I could do in life, which is, a, well, well uh, for all I know, is the, uh, one of the greatest things you can discover because sometimes you just uh, have one talent uh, and, 
and and that's all you can do and if you, and if at some point you become dissatisfied with that well you're in trouble in big trouble you yeah. could be just like the end of, of everything so uh i made a plan uh to move to the village and to make cheese make uh, uh you know alcohol do some maybe uh meat and and it well it was just a, an idea and then i started traveling uh in well i did travel to europe before <clears throat> but this but then i started traveling with a purpose i was uh, looking into cheese shops uh you know uh prosciutto makers in italy i was i started reading books uh, in volumes and i started to um plan what i'm going to be producing what kind of equipment i need what kind of people i need etc 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 so it took me i think two years to to get ready uh yeah to get i well i to to get to to think i was ready Mm -hmm. uh mm -hmm. well uh, the uh subsequent uh um <laughs> episodes of this show showed i wasn't <laughs> <laughs> well not in, i was not entirely ready let's say uh so um i was i thought i was ready and in the and in the meantime during these two years i started to change the way i worked i started to do to to be doing uh more you know personal private projects uh i i quit my oh well, the first thing i did i was i quit my job i quit my job i said i'm i had enough thank you and i went uh for a vacation uh for one and a half months and they called me and said uh okay what is going to take for you to come back which <laughs> just <laughs> uh, the this s several things stopped uh, we have to do something uh, I said, okay, uh, you, you pay me 30% uh, of what you paid me. I'm doing just one project at a time. Uh, and uh, essentially, uh, I, I, I have no business whatsoever with any other questions that you may ask. They said, okay, okay. And I said, uh, and, and, I, and I don't have to spend uh, any specific time at the office. As long as the projects go well yep. and there are no, you know, no issues, you don't ask me where I am. I'm, I'm, I'll be there when, when I'm needed. So that gave me a lot of free time. Some of that free time I used to work on my personal infrastructure projects, some uh, private um, clients. Uh, and so some of the time I used to uh, develop my new, uh, new life. At that, at that point, when you were making that change, um, how much did you think you knew about starting a business and building a brand, like as you were imagining this in your head? Well, uh, you see, I thought I, I knew pretty much mm, like all about it. Well, like 99%, maybe one something left there on the ground. Uh, because I was, as, as I said, before infrastructure, I also worked in performance improvement, strategy development. We like launched first uh, online shops, uh, did a lot of, uh, I know, I, from, from uh, you know, brick factories to uh, big farms. And uh, that's, that's, a lot of that was project finance. So I kind of thought I knew how to design a business, 
launch it and, you know, go along with the plan. Well, uh, I well. did know, but I didn't. <laughs> well, for, but, but yeah, first thing, uh, first hard oh, and Oh, yeah. And how I moved here. I was I was thinking of doing all of this in the in the country in uh, where we have a house with our parents. We even bought some land there, like made some outside uh, of Moscow. Yeah, yeah, it was 160 kilometers from Moscow, in Sky region. Uh, we 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 improved some 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 things with electricity, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then um, a friend of ours uh, of our family, he came to for a visit with us and invited us here. Uh, to uh, Mias to uh, South Euros just for a vacation. Uh, Ola, our eldest daughter, was uh, a year and a half back then, and uh, and it was like a first opportunity for us with my wife to you know have some vacation. We leave her with our parents and you know uh, have some rest. So we gladly went here, and it was an amazing summer uh, of, of five years ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's five years ago. Uh, extremely hot weather. The lakes are beautiful. The girls are even more prettier. Uh, the mountains, everything. We, we just fell in love with the place. And we were just drinking and talking. And the guy says, well, why don't you do it here? I have two resorts. Uh, so there is, uh, you know, demand. There is sales from day one. Uh, because we don't have any good cheese here or anything local, uh, mm-hmm. locally produced, which would be tasty, nice, uh, except some basic things like, you know, and uh, uh, I'll finance uh, the whole venture and we split uh, the uh, uh, profits like 50-50. So incredible offer. So I said, well, why, why not? Uh, let's do this. And uh, we we did. <laughs> we signed a partnership. Uh, yeah, yeah. We moved in. That was in July. In uh, in uh, in the end of October, we were already living here. Uh, we rented an apartment, uh, started building um, a house, and uh, we we moved. Uh, in the so, process, I found out that, that there was, there, like on this ski resort and that uh, lake resort that he owned, there was no food which could be, you know, eaten uh, with, 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 not bravely, but, you know, with some, with some degree of pleasure. <laughs> there was no food, <laughs> no, <laughs> no coffee, no, no, no burgers, no, nothing. Uh, so in the process, I, 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 I uh, uh, launched a very successful burger shop, a coffee shop. Uh, they, they, it was a food truck. So with the, we, in, in the winter, we were at the ski resort. In the summer, we were on the lake. Uh, uh, we had enough. Uh, I think we were making like uh, uh, close to a million rubles a month. It's... Uh, for a for a for a food truck and a uh, and a and a coffee shop in a container, it's uh, it was pretty <laughs> it's amazing. Pretty good. You seem to you have a very captive audience, yeah. I guess. Uh, if you're the only food truck that's, that's producing gourmet burgers and craft coffee, did you did you think the, that you were going to yeah, be the we, we, the burger king 
or were you did you think you were did you have ambitions at the same time to be the big cheese uh no no we just we we, we were making it uh, just for the for the, you know for the resorts uh we yeah. were not thinking of uh franchising or expanding nothing that that sort uh although we should have uh because we we did later uh, uh, but at the, at the same time, and it, it was generating revenue for the cheese business. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. uh, in the cheese business, you have to not only invest in a cheese shop, uh, you have to invest in the cheese. It takes mm-hmm. from, for, for, for a good cheese, it takes from three it to 12 months. Well to age. Yeah. 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 And all the time, your, your money is in the milk aging there mm-hmm. and uh right so it's like it's like when it's like when people say they want to start like a whiskey distillery and then they realize they're going to have to sit there and wait unless they buy some ready-made product and slap their yeah. logo on it um dennis before we get yeah. further into in, into into this into the story i want you mentioned this already and i just kind of want to dig in uh, a little bit it was an interesting time in russia um 2014 2016 when you were thinking about this making this decision moving there you kind of alluded there was not just the uh the uh the whole story with crimea but also imperial oil well with ukraine in general the oil prices everything yeah the oil prices so for for the audience um just for some context um in those years um you know the the national currency collapsed relative to the dollar Pretty, pretty, pretty substantially, and there was some tit for tat sort of sanctioning that was going on, where um, in response to some of the um, things that the West was doing, Russia also imposed um, reverse sanctions on food imports. Um, and uh, can you, you know, and I think it touched on some of the things that you were starting to do, which was um, uh, European cheeses, uh, meats. So, can you talk a little bit about this and just tell us? If this was an opportunity for you to enter a market that may have otherwise been too competitive and expensive to uh, enter earlier, because all of a sudden there's um, maybe a, the demand was there, but the supply of quality, you know, what European cheeses that people like to taste wasn't as available, available anymore. Well, that is true. That is very true. Uh, but we missed uh, the first wave where like uh, biggest um well, craft uh, cheese producers uh, uh, grew uh, because when, when on the day when the import was sanctioned, uh, the, they, 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 they told us we, we meet once in a while on some festivals or just like conferences. And when we talk about this, at that time, we weren't operating back then, but they, some of them were. And they say, oh, well, it was the day when the phones started ringing. And the and the only question is was do you have cheese? Yeah, <laughs> is it crafted? Yeah, uh, do you have like bags to pack it? Yeah, okay, we're buying. That's 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 how it worked. But then uh, but then the um, uh, the so-called gray import grew. Uh, they they developed schemes to import uh, some cheeses through Belarus, but most of them were very low quality and um, the our biggest problem when we started was that uh, in those two years uh, three years people lost taste of good cheese because taste is something that it's like muscles you have to train it you, you because mm-hmm. if, if if you spend three years eating shit and 
you, you would be told that this is good, good food. In three years, you will, you will taste no difference. And uh, you will be very surprised right. to taste good food again. So we actually made it our slogan, uh, this is cheese. For a, we used it for a while because that was what people, when they were tasting that, uh, you know, uh, festivals or something or in the shop, when they were tasting this, said, whoa, this is cheese. And the second thing they were saying was, what the hell I was eating before? <laughs> so, so uh, and that was, that is a problem because uh, we actually, uh, except for a relatively small group of people who have developed taste, who understand the difference between factory cheese and uh, handcrafted cheese, between good cheese and bad cheese, the rest of uh, the audience, I mean, money-wise, who can afford this and who seek uh, products which, well, which are good for health, which are tasty, they, we have to explain to them what good cheese is and why they should be uh, buying our cheese because of that. Uh, educational function eats a lot of our time and budgets. And that's why we launched a festival company. We're making festivals so people will get introduced to local products, not just cheese, other producers as well. So they, just, they get accustomed to a new, uh, uh, new model of uh, consumption. You know, maybe buy less, but, but better. It kind of takes us into the into the next section. We want to we want to go into the the sort of the marketing and branding of your of your companies. Um, I mean, because yeah, you know, you identified a very interesting challenge that people didn't understand what high quality products were. You compensated for that by creating a festival company to take this and other local high quality products to people, so that they you could really say this is what high quality is. Um, but take us through, you know, sort of when you went back to the beginning, like your early marketing strategy, you know, you were a new, your new brand, um, you know, you started with your coffee and your burger business. Nobody knew who you were. Did you rely on word of mouth exclusively sort of, or did you borrow some of that, uh, coffee burger branding and sort of that halo effect? Um, and like, what were the learnings early on that allowed you to establish a, a foundation for expansion? Uh, well, curf coffee and burgers, uh, they are just like, um, they were attraction points on the resorts. I met several people who were uh, uh, instrumental to our uh, development, like some chefs. They just went skiing there. They, they couldn't mm -hmm. eat in any of the restaurants. They went, they tasted the burger, and that was the, one of the best burgers they ever had. We had uh, marbled beef. Uh, produced locally, we we brought it ourselves. Uh, we had our own cheese there. Uh, we made the the buns specifically the way they should be made. We spent like I think a month with the local bakery. We were throwing out bags of buns and said, "No, that's not what we asked." And so, so they kind of some people saw the quality and then they said, "Well, maybe your cheese is the same," but that's a very small uh, portion of people. Uh, uh, what I did, I was, I was just persuasive. I know, uh, uh, I started running circles. Um, well, first of all, uh, going back to the lessons learned, uh, the resorts were not buying cheese. So my partner 
kind of fooled me. Uh, also, uh, I was financing the business too. And then he started scheming money. So, uh, yeah. So we had, so, so long story short, we had to, I had to buy him out. Uh, and, and that's, and that, that created a lot of problems. We had to, we made, we moved some of the production elsewhere because we were renting, uh, <coughs> um, his facilities. Uh, yeah, his facilities and, 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 uh, uh, a, a lot of problems came from, from that point. And uh, the lesson is don't trust, uh, an old family friend, uh, <laughs> trust what is written yeah. in the contract. And make do your due diligence uh the guy the guy i and now i know that the guy you know kind of uh is is, is almost uh is closest to a crook but just barely legal and uh that's that's what happens uh but well uh marketing uh, i started running circles i i i called hotels restaurants uh um i met with the you know chefs uh, we made uh, the chefs were our uh, ambassadors, not uh, not official officially, but through them you can get to a lot of people because uh, people go to restaurants and says, "Whoa, we have a new cheese," and uh, well, and that guy's he's like he has has five shops somewhere, and he starts buying that too. Uh, the, uh, breakthrough was when we signed the local, uh, wine store chain of wine stores that really made us really bigger. Uh, and how, how did you, how did you get them? I mean, it's natural synergy, it's cheese and wine. Um, yeah. why, why, why at that point, why you guys? I just, I just got a contact, uh, of the person who was overseeing their, so just knocking on doors and basically building a relationship and being very very nice gentleman to a girl. <laughs> <laughs> I came with flowers and cheese, uh, what uh, and a smile. How could you say no? <laughs> uh, well, she did say no, uh, but uh, I was persuasive. <clears throat> so yeah, well, it took several months, but we did it. Uh, and also, uh, the, our second expansion was Moscow. Uh, we are very well situated logistically. It's, uh, the, the cost of flying the cheese to Moscow, not, not just by truck, but also flying it is, mm -hmm. uh, like, uh, half a dollar to a kilo. It's pretty much nothing. Is it because of like the frequency of flights and the, like relative, like, uh, we're, the, the distance capacity. to the, yeah, yeah. The distance to the airport, the frequency of flights. The distance to Moscow, it's, well, it's mm -hmm. now. And in Moscow, I, 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 because I was for two years, I was planning this. I already knew uh, uh, some um, distributors. The, the market was much more ready because uh, that's where the wave of, uh, you know, natural crafts, uh, handmade products and uh, Russian replacement products for uh imported uh ones has already taken place back in 2014 so they were like uh much more progressive in this uh in this in this yeah. part and and also and also people have more money there and uh and my milk here is uh sometimes twice as uh cheap as the milk they have uh in moscow region well, Russia is the country with the, with the most expensive milk in the world. Uh, 
but uh, it's it's different from region to region. And we we don't have the cheapest one, but relative to Moscow, uh, and it's and the and 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 it's ten ten liters of milk to a kilo, at least, if you if you're if you're if you're doing uh, aged cheese like like the ones we are doing like uh, aged for one year, it's 15, 15 kilos of milk for a kilo of cheese. It's it's most of your expenses. So- so rel- relative to producers, craft producers who are operating in the Moscow region, you are you could you could have a price advantage. As well. Yeah, competitive price, exactly. Mm-hmm. And and then I just went from you know uh, from, from 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 door to door. We've in uh, we had we uh, there was a, they they now they're dif- dif- dysfunctional. I think uh, maybe one one store left, but it was the biggest. Uh, uh, retailer of farmers uh, products in Moscow it's called Lavka Lavka M- maybe you know it uh, so I knew the guys and uh, I invited them here to certify because they were certifying their producers uh, mm-hmm. to certify that they're ec- ecologically uh, pure etc uh, uh, I-, I supplied with them with enormous amount of uh, good food and uh, alcohol yeah, mm-hmm. we go- helps. yeah. Well, Im- amazing. Uh, well, we they, they had some trouble with hotel security, but I I solved that too, and we were good friends, and we started supplying them. Uh, so it's it was a, a bit like mafia, you know. Uh, uh, the, uh, you know, <laughs> you, you, working the channels. Yeah, well, yeah. You know, you drink you drink the guys stupid. They do stupid things. You save them. Solve yep. their problems. Yep. Uh, they, and, and they owe you one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what like that. <laughs> so uh, <coughs> um, the 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 story you're telling so far is a lot of a lot of networking, a lot of face to face, a lot of persuasion. Yeah. Um, I wanted to kind of ask a broader question because again, we try to position this show as where you know your experience. If someone listens to it, they could maybe. Um, answer some questions that they have about their own situation. So I think a lot of people who aren't entrepreneurs, they have illusions about what it takes to build a brand. So some think that you can do it very easily. Just run some ads on Facebook, Instagram, and Google, and you're done. And then others think that it's complicated and expensive. The chances of success are virtually zero. And so they never start. Well, uh, pandemic, there is a middle way. Uh, There is a middle way. (laughs) <laughs> between well, that's what better. I wanted to ask you. So, so when you thought about growing your brand, I mean, like your strategy besides besides the the word of mouth uh, and, and and the networking, what like what did you do to um, to scale it? Because there's only one you. Like you can only go to so many places. Well, no, they, so the, many hands. they they were no, they were there were there were uh, more me's. I was I started hiring people, and that's the biggest problem I have here because there were there are very few people who can. Uh, do what I, uh, what I what is needed to. And uh, so marketing wise, having built the base, uh, we started uh, to do some, well, you can call it a campaign. Uh, what we did was we thought that we should be associated with something. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we chose art. We had two very, very talented girls, a journalist and a photographer, who were, uh, you know, circulating in the art circles and uh, uh, they knew a lot of people. So we started to, uh, you know, call, we called it cheese in art. And, that, and the idea was that 
cheese is art itself and we used we used cheese and paintings we uh uh we acted as sponsors on musical evenings and and that's how the uh word started to spread and we also in, inter that, that was the instagram time you know now now it's there is no use to invest in Instagram or Facebook or whatever. At that time, at that moment, it was still worth doing. And we had, because of that, because of very good photo work and because we're using, you know, works of art, <laughs> world famous, uh, uh, we had very good visuals. People were, they liked, you know, looking at our videos, at our photos, at our uh, feed. And we started gathering more and more and more uh, 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 users, and we uh, and, and they they and, and and then and then we went to retailers, and they and they st and that was the moment when retailers started asking, "Are you in Instagram?" And you just show them, and you show how many users you have. You have uh, they 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 see the uh, you know favorable comments, etc. And say, "Oh." Let's put it on the shelf. It's not always working. You may you may be put off the shelf. For that, we can talk about that later. There are many things which uh, uh, which which make it hard for us to sell. Like right, like ret uh, big retail ch uh, chains are not our best client. There's a lot of trouble with them, but uh, not so. Not the sales are not too good. And the second thing we started to do, we we started going uh, to the festivals. We, we tried to participate in almost any festival where we could get. Uh, and it's great marketing because uh, your marketing budget essentially is your travel costs and the costs of bringing the product. The rest is done by the organizers. And uh, I think it was the famous uh, fat Jew who said that cheese is like heroin only for people with jobs. And that's very true because if you're making good product, which we were making, and uh, well, many thanks to our uh, cheese master uh, Daniel. I think he's one of the top five guys in Russia among cheesemakers, and uh, and 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 that you only have to give a person the cheese he likes once, and he's yours. You have uh, like fifty thousand people on a festival. Ten thousand. Chances are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. ten thousand. Right? Yeah, ten thousand, and also uh, buyers from uh, from Goom, from uh, you know, from Asbuka, from from the department stores. They go there. They look for a new product, and here you are. That's uh, free networking. Did you did you find yourself experimenting a lot with different tactics, uh, marketing wise, um, and were there things that you did that just failed? but gave you good ideas for things that you tried um, later that were successes? Um, well, what, 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 what failed? Uh, you know, we, we uh, didn't experiment much with the things that cost money, really, uh, b because we didn't have the money. And uh, so, so we didn't have that much failures, I mean, in terms of campaigns or something. But we did have failures with exhibitions. We're not going to any exhibitions if we have to pay them for them. Now our regional government takes us for free because we're like a, a regional brand, which they're proud of. 
and we're okay with that. We, we, we go because it costs us almost nothing and we may get some clients. Maybe time-wise it's costly, but not money-wise. But we did go to several conference, to several exhibitions. They cost us an incredible amount of money. I mean, relative to other stuff that worked. And the result was nil. So we, I think we probably uh, lost close to a uh, million. Wow. Um, when you were thinking about what, what you wanted to do, um, how did you define the audiences um, as your targets? Like who are your target audiences and, and how do you define them? Do you have one type of cheese person or are there multiple types of cheese people that you go after? Uh, well, you know, uh, it's uh, really, uh, there are different, I know, you know, you know, and you know better than me uh, because you, 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 you're working in marketing most of your professional careers. Uh, there, there are hundreds of ways to, you know, uh, do market research, define your audience. Uh, so I go by taste buds. The thing is like that. that there are only 5% of people who have taste buds so developed that they can define, you know, every note and the taste. It's their life. They, they go through every product like this, but it's only 5% of them. And also they are very hard to please. So you have to be, you have to be exceptional to uh, target that audience specifically and only that. Uh, and also, uh, uh, it's very costly. So we're making the product which can satisfy some of those people, but uh, we don't target them. The next 10% are people, uh, maybe like you, Alex, if you're like good food, and with, with, if Gosha says what's true, so you have a developed taste. You can, you know what you like, what you don't like. You can feel something uh, when, you know, when you taste something new, you can feel the, the nuances, the differences. You can uh, make, uh, you know, connections uh, relative to something else that you tasted. So you have a, a developed taste. And, uh, but you also um, uh, have let's say specific um, uh, preferences. So most people don't like every cheese. Those, those 5%, they do like every cheese because it's like a story for them, you know, tasting hundreds of cheeses, etc. Most Most people with developed taste, they like most a couple of cheese they like some others and they don't like most other cheeses. So that's why we're making not one single type of cheese, but uh, eight. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, so, 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 and, and there, is, there are very few customers who like all our cheeses. Um, and then goes the next, uh, uh, you know, broader category, like about 30%. Uh, like forty percent of people who have uh, who, def who 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 can make difference between tasty good food and not tasty food. It's amazing how many people the rest which are left 
who actually uh, don't know the difference. For real, they just that's about, they that's just about don't 50%. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they can anything. It's the meat and potatoes crowd. What do we call here? I, I call them mayo and bread. Mayo and bread. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm, delicious. Um, a- any so mayo. Who, who, well, actually, actually, co- homemade homemade mayo is not is 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 nice on bread <laughs> yeah no that's that's not the factory one homemade bread yeah um who yeah, is your competition yeah. who is your competition is it other small cheesemakers and small businesses or larger producers so yeah you were talking about your different audiences of the of your like intense cheese lovers and then yeah. yeah and also and also these people have no they don't only have to have developed taste they have to have the money to buy the product and uh and in that broader category which can define good from bad uh they also have to have an understanding that good high quality products are good for health mm. uh and sometimes mm-hmm. people even ask me why do you make expensive cheese why can't you make you know some uh plastic like shit and sell it to a bigger crowd I said I'm not interested. I'm interested in long-term customers because people who understand why they have to buy this product, they will live a long and healthy life. So they're going to be staying with me for a for a long <laughs> yeah. period and we will be making money. These other guys, I don't know, maybe they will die tomorrow. Why spend time on them? So uh, it's cynical, but it's true. So so that's how I define my audience. I I, I define it with this by the people who who can physically understand the product and then uh, a, a smaller category who can afford it and then uh uh you, you have to develop and understand that's what i'm when i was talking about the educational function uh, you have to uh, we, we're working uh, because you cannot broaden the uh number of people who can define good from bad physically you cannot you can also have very little uh effect on uh the uh, uh, wealth of of people in the country in general, but you can educate people and make them understand uh, that they should be eating healthy, good food rather than uh, and tasty ones and tasty one rather than something uh, something bad. So um, look, so Russia is a big country, the biggest, uh, and you are present in you said yourself fourteen cities, ten regions, something like that at the beginning of the show. Um, mm-hmm. You can't be um, physically in front of uh, all of those um, customers, um, you know, present presenting to them all the time. So I'm sure you I'm, and I know for a fact that you've used um, content, um, whether it was, um, you know, experimentation on YouTube or you, you told me before that you are um, now doing things uh, on Telegram, which is um, I, I want you to speak a little bit more about it in a second. But um I know that some platforms like uh, first of, for, first of all, can you describe the just overall uh, digital marketing landscape that's available to you uh, to speak to this wider geographically dispersed audience? Because I know that Instagram and YouTube are big in Russia, but there are other platforms like I mentioned Telegram that is more unique to the region and it's being used pretty extensively by small businesses uh, media, and large businesses as well. Like when you need to rely on sort of like mass mass reach uh, to tell your story. Um, what do you find yourself using and, and why? 
we're we're now focusing just starting to focus on the content marketing we're 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 doing this uh like blogging on telegram uh we stopped for a while now now because uh, we have to you know rethink what what we're going to be publishing there uh we will continue with youtube we're not doing much on instagram anymore except for targeted advertising so uh and digital wise what we have is an app we we launched our own app so you can buy products directly from us but this app only works uh uh with our uh partner uh chain of shops uh we opened a place uh it's which called gastronome uh which is uh, essentially a name of the store, uh, which used to be, was used in the Soviet times and and, and before that, but uh, also gastronome means uh, you know a food scientist if you transcribe it directly from Latin. So uh, we're opening the, the it, it's they 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 work the same as our shop here, and it's not a franchise. We just teach people how to work. Uh, how to how to bring them to up to our standards some of them are producers the same the same as as us and uh that way we have a foothold in a city in a certain city it's it's not in all the tents in all all the 14 cities Uh, i'm not saying that right now it's moscow yekaterinburg uh saint petersburg and i think chilabinsk it's going to be launched soon and mias so what and what we're doing is at the same time we're uh, uh, launching a, an app in that city, and uh, the shop becomes a pickup point, and also a, uh, a logistics center. So, so these guys that are working their shop there, they're making money de- through delivery, while the orders come from uh, our, our our application. So that's that's what we do, and and when we decide to you know open a city, other either through our own shop there or uh, through well like partner shop there or just we you know we found clients there, uh, we do we do targeted uh, advertising through Instagram, Facebook, and uh, there is a Russian uh, network of contacts. That's what we do. Uh, oh, and also, and also, TikTok is uh, bringing a lot of attention. But we're not doing TikTok ourselves. Uh, our our cheesemaker is 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 uh, is doing his own TikTok and just uh, re- 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 relays the uh, or refers refers the clients to us. I'll need to follow that uh, your cheesemaker on TikTok. Uh, that is a very good reason to to finally convert to a TikTok user. Um, what, yeah, how do you? He's, um, he's, he's doing very nice videos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, how do consumers discover new brands or products in Russia? Um, what do you need to do with your brand to make sure you're getting noticed outside of sort of what you've described now? We 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 what we're we going to be doing is we will be developing the network uh, of uh, partner stores. Uh, that's one of the and also right. it will be followed by the spread of our uh, coverage of our uh, um, um, products uh, application 
and uh, we will continue with the festivals. That's that's how we are going to be spreading the word. Uh, in terms of how uh, people in Russia in general uh, find out about new brands, I don't know. As I said, there I'm sure there are many channels which you can work, but it uh, it really uh, uh, very is very much defined by the financial resources that you have it what the, these things this is what works for us best because uh also uh we, we what in terms of failures we um found out that sometimes well if you you know do advertising you attract people uh but the, you attract wrong people they buy the cheese they don't understand it and mm -hmm. you you make one sale that's uh, unacceptable for us you yeah, we spend you too much lifetime, money lifetime value you want the relationship to last yeah, yeah. for sure um so dennis i fascinating story all the way from from the beginning to where you are now um final final few questions um that we just kind of rapid fire wanted to ask you more generally uh, not specific about the, um, the business uh, that you are in but as a businessman um you already kind of alluded to this from the very beginning business ownership. It's, it's never a certain thing. Um, you've gone through a lot of turbulent moments, um, most recently with the pandemic. What are some things that are keeping you up at night? What worries you? Uh, well, now what worries me now or along the way, many things sometimes. No, right, just... right, right now, as, as you are, as you sit here today, uh, what are the things I... on your mind that you, that you are thinking about that you might find yourself trying we, to solve for we have to uh, well what keeps me out at night is the we w for some reason we are having trouble with the packaging uh so the the there there are mistakes made at packaging which result in uh, uh lower product quality which the client gets mm. and it's uh that gives me a lot of uh headache but we're we're i think we're almost done with solving that and the biggest problem is really the money uh we need to refinance a lot of debt and uh once that's that's, that's done yeah so mainly that's that's it real yeah then well we're we're, we're 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 looking now uh, to we're actually doing an investment project along the way we're launching we launched our goat farm so we have now our own milk we're going to be launching a sheep farm to have to make uh, uh, sheep uh, sheep's milk cheese and buffalo farm and also we're making a tourist attraction so we, we're, we're building a new better and more suited for tourists uh, 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 building for a cheese shop we are going to be building a uh, um, um, local local uh, food restaurant like a michelin rating one like that kind of mm -hmm. restaurant and uh and and right now we're 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 we're, we're making an application for um subsidized government funding for a very large amount of money and that also it, it I, that's not what brings me you know uh, worry at night it's just eats up uh, a lot of my time and essentially i'm doing again doing something that i was making 
money on before i've been doing business planning <laughs> financial modeling well you name it uh That's so good experience uh, though like hey imagine doing all of this or trying to do all of this without the experience you had uh no it's like uh mostly it feels like you know putting on you know you do you, you do jogging or sports right yeah. so so you you just did a very nice workout you took all the sweaty clothes put them near the washing machine and then for some reason you have to put them back on wet and cold and uh <laughs> that's what it feels like that is an excellent it's, yeah yeah you're 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 comfort you know, well they're comfortable they're suited for running you can run but you don't want to <laughs> Uh, so what are the things that excite you as you do you just talked about making your own sheep farm your goat farm um what are the opportunities do you see sort of coming out of that because it sounds like you're very interested in sort of the full vertical of having production through to product through to sales um so what is what is it that excites you now and in the next steps in the in the brand future well, um, our own milk is uh, a very big advantage because you can control the taste of the final product from, you know, from the grass which the goats eat. Uh, we're, not go we're not going to be doing cows, I think, because we're, we're working with local farmers to improve the quality of the milk because uh, that's, the, that's one of the biggest problems. Almost everywhere in the world, but in Russia, it's, uh, it's a big one. Not all the milk is suitable for cheese. Most of the milk is not. So uh, that's uh, securing our taste, our uh, high quality. And uh, essentially, uh, if, if you build a cheese making, for instance, or meat making, uh, I mean, business like that, uh, from the ground up, it, it, it's almost impossible to move you because you have a unique taste. You cannot copy it. You have your own mm -hmm. audience and uh, it's pretty much a business for a lifetime. Uh, if if you don't want to to be McDonald's, which I don't, I don't want to be, <laughs> become a factory. Mm -hmm. uh, I I have I have a certain understanding of the final size of this uh, uh, business which I'm building, and it's not a billion dollar business, not 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 close to that. I'm not interested in that. Uh, but uh, that's 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 why we're doing milk production. The part with the tourist and the uh, restaurant thing and, and maybe a hotel too, it's because you have to bring people uh, to a place uh, where it's made. They're going to be your lifetime clients. It creates a lot of great publicity. Uh, right now, uh, with the borders closed, internal travel is one of the biggest thing in, uh, in, in Russia. We received grants to, you know, uh, from the government, free money to do projects associated with uh, uh, gastro tourism and uh, agricultural tourism, uh, and and it's not so much for the money, but again, but for the attention it brings to you. That's uh, right. we like Awareness, every time we do, yeah, every time we do something like that, one or two federal TV channels come to us for an interview and that's free advertising <laughs> we don't pay for that mm -hmm. yeah that's awesome um i think if my math is right you've been working on this actively not thinking about this before you kind of made the move but actively for five years just over five years um 2016 right 
2021, um, roughly. So five years from now, what would you what would you like to have achieved in the first decade of the business? Do you have some internal milestones in mind that you'd say that you know in five more years this this is what I'd be happy with? Yeah, well, uh, it's pretty much the time frame I'm looking at uh, because in five years I w- I'm hoping that everything that I mentioned will be built and functioning and yeah. crowded. Uh, and maybe in five years, uh, our office will be closed because we will be, uh, taking on no new clients at all. Just, you know, adjusting the price once in a while. That's it. (laughs) 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 Um, I'll be, um, owning 25% less of the company because I would have given this to the top management so they will be connected to this business for a lifetime too. Mm-hmm. those who would want this uh so i want to make them rich people yeah uh, uh well relative to what uh, there is available here for them uh, that's uh that's that so i i want i i, I want to have an ecosystem which uh, which functions uh without any need for uh, external uh, financing and uh, which is very very sustainable i think that's one of the key things i'm looking at mm. that's a that's a really great goal to be built towards a sustainable a sustainable business that feeds itself yeah um yeah. finally we've done a lot of talking about this cheese and i really want to try it are your products available outside of russia um so uh, that i can buy it uh or other uh, other ways to order internationally is this something that you're doing well uh well i hope someday that you will be able to order it internationally well at least when they fix internet in portland uh but uh <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so far so far uh uh we're we're looking to export to uh nearby countries like kazakhstan uh oh by the way in in spring uh summer cheese went to japan uh, uh for tasting and we're still waiting because they're not the you know the fastest people in the world but the guys who were uh, who introduced us they're very enthusiastic because they say this type of uh you know it's like japanese whiskey very good, very expensive, little production. That's what we are in terms of cheese. We have some some cheese which is good with Japanese whiskey. So they're thinking that it has uh, marketing potential. Um, I would be happy, you know, just to be selling something because it's uh, also a country very well known for high standards of quality. So it means... Yeah. So that's what I'm looking to be uh, remembered about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what we, well, there's some, uh, we, we, I think we'll be, um, participating in, uh, world food in Moscow in, uh, September. So maybe just maybe, uh, there's some expert potential. Uh, but I think, uh, in terms of United States, that's probably, uh, the hardest, uh, country yeah. to be exporting cheese or well, food to. Uh, not just because it's far away or the logistics is bad, but the 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 customs it's hell. I mean, how can you go yeah. through the? Uh, uh, but also the uh, I, I don't remember what's the service is called, but I mean the uh, 
they're quarantining you when you're uh, quarantining you when mm -hmm. you're bringing you know oranges well, something like that yeah so Alex, uh, it but, sounds like you'll have to bring yourself to the cheese if the cheese doesn't bring itself to you i'm gonna have to try maybe we can do a trip out there gosha you can help me help me get there it's, it's oh not, it's i, I will hard. be i will i will be happy to have you both guys as guests we have some very interesting things to see around here uh i mean i can uh, vouch for that Na nature-wise and uh, old industrial works uh, from you know from 1720s <laughs> wow. Sounds amazing. Uh, yeah but but but, but, yeah, but yeah. also cheese but also cheese but also and cheese. yeah cheese <laughs> cheese and very good food we have one of and the alcohol. top uh, chefs and euros and alcohol yeah by all means yeah yeah <laughs> skiing too skiing too Dennis, um, fascinating story, uh, hell of a project, so complex, but driven by, by passion, um, driven by your passion, and I know I know your your family is very supportive as well um, and contributes to all of this. So it's um, it's exciting to it's exactly in the mission of this podcast to check in and get the story told as the story is being written, not after the successes have been all achieved and you're relaxing with a fat cigar on a beach somewhere, but while you're still working. Uh, on uh, realizing the vision and the dream. So um, thank you. Thanks for taking us through it, for sharing your um, your passion with us, for sharing the story of cheese, of good cheese. Um, and uh, we wish you all the success. Um, and hopefully we'll be able to do a part two of this with where you will tell us how you've conquered the world and became big cheese. <laughs> thank you very much, Gosha. Thank you, and uh, thanks. Actually, with all these questions, thanks me. Thank you for reminding me uh, how I got here and uh, why I'm doing this. Sometimes it's important to you know to remind yourself, uh, and uh, I really thank you for that. And thanks for doing this great podcast. It's uh, uh, amazing. I think it, I think it helps a lot of people. <laughs>